How y'all doing? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. Episode 58 here today, um, Tuesday morning release. Pretty loaded episode, I'd say. If I mean, the most we've had in a long time on these normal episodes since we started excluding NFL games from them. Um, obviously, hot takes to start it off, and then we have... MLB Championship Series updates as we're just a couple days away from knowing um, or a couple days away from the World Series starting. Golf recap and preview. Um, Some NFL injuries and then a big trade went down to kind of kick off the trade deadline deals. Um, NHL standings update, our first of the year. NBA season predictions where we're going to predict MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player, and then the Finals matchup and winner. And, of course, going to cap it off with the ice bath where we each have a piece to talk about. But before we get going, a hot take here. Um, I'll let you kick it off as kind of before the episode we saw the um, – we saw a little release of something NBA-related, and we both agree that it was bad. Monstrosity. I wouldn't call it a little release. I would call it a monstrosity of a release. Every year the NBA – does and i think it's cool a lot of people would be like oh they're just trying to sell jerseys for revenue which like yeah they are but like they're a business get over it they're usually cool uh, but they do an nba like a city jersey every year so it's supposed to like tie into the city in some way some of them do some of them like like phillies says like the city of brotherly love which i mean makes sense that said there were maybe two good ones of the 30 this year they are it, it's the worst i mean without question people hate it and i wasn't a huge fan of all of the nfl color rush juniors like there were some good ones like, like the Char- the chargers had a good one the ravens had a good one hot take maybe the seahawks had a great color rush uni the all the all highlighter uh the all like the all key lime or highlighter green that was pretty sweet i thought a lot of them were hideous like the rams that mustard color hideous a lot of them were bad but like the Bengals, fire some of them terrible though those are probably a, those are a pretty unliked uh, set of unis. I think the NF or the, M- the MLB City Connect are pretty unliked. Universally, there's some ugly ones, brother. The NBA City jerseys this year of 2023-2024, the worst collection of uniforms I have ever seen. They're terrible. There's so many that are just ugly. They're they're butt ugly. Genuine, genuinely, like, they're terrible. Um, like the Wizards. What was going on? The Spurs, awful. The Clippers, horrible. The Nuggets, the reigning champs, maybe the worst ones. And I'm probably missing a couple, but there were there were some horrendously bad uniforms. The 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 Utah Jazz, easily the best one. Those were those were sweet. Um, I don't have the list in front of me anymore. I don't want to pull it up and totally I don't want to say crash, but totally mess up my my uh my internet stream here that I got going with the pie. We've had some. Plenty of technical difficulties in the last few weeks. I don't want to mess up what we got going with this good with this good signal. Trying to trying to pull up these pictures, but they were bad. Um, easily the worst I've ever seen, and I think Brett probably. Agrees. I don't know if it's a hot take, but um, they're terrible, and I just cannot stand them. Yeah, no, they're they're pretty bad. There was about two good ones on there, and then the rest were just horrible. Um, it looked like like a kid drew it up, or if um someone like type something and move the text boxes around and slanted the text boxes. It's just 
none of them were really that good and the two that were um they should have been like the average ones so they i mean they shouldn't have been the best ones but staying in the nba here my hot take is that the spurs make the playoffs i know they're well a couple projections came out that gave them like a bottom three record but um when they've had their full unit going the, all the starters playing together they looked really good i know it's obviously preseason but they were going against golden state starters and outplayed them by a good margin um so i'm, I'm looking forward to see how they're going to do this year obviously with Wembenyama coming in there should be a big uptick in defensive efficiency and um the amount of turnovers and stuff like that just because of how much of the floor he can cover but looking forward to it i'm not expecting much not really going into it with any expectations as you know i wouldn't be upset to have another lottery pick but um hoping for a you know a push for the play-in at least if not you know winning the play play-in and getting a playoff spot but we'll see um looking forward to the season overall though as it kicks off tuesday night and the spurs open their season at home against the mavs wednesday night i mean the Spurs. i mean it's a pretty wide open west i don't want to say wild west because i simply just don't like the term i think it's so overused um but it is truly like a pretty wide open western conference outside of the denver nuggets you kind of look at the conference and go man it's Truly, it's the Nuggets and everybody else because you there's a lot of uncertainty with every team. If I go down the list, Golden State Warriors, we have no idea if Clay Thompson will ever be the same. Jermon Green is aging, and you're asking for a lot from the supporting cast there. And Chris Paul, clearly not the same player he was even two, three years ago. So don't really know what's going on there outside of Steph Curry. Um, I'll just go right down the list. Timberwolves, they could be good. They could be bad. They're very, they feel like a very volatile team. Carl Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards feel like a really solid duo to kind of build around, but we've been saying that for a couple of years now, so I really don't know. Houston's young. I'm not going to count them into anything. The, the, the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, it feels like they should be good, but every year they just – there's – so I don't know if it's chemistry or if it's – they have – they're all – all three of those guys are dominant scores. I don't know what the what the, the, the issue is there, but they just can't really get it done, I don't feel like. Got to the finals, couldn't get it done against the Bucks. Obviously, the Nuggets are legit. The Spurs are young. We have no clue what the Spurs are going to be. Oh, and then they can make the playoffs, like we're like we're kind of saying right now. The Jazz, who dude, who knows? Probably not making the playoffs. Clippers, if Kawhi actually plays 20 games, it'd be great. But I don't think he's going to. Also, him and Paul George are not getting any younger. Um, Grizzlies, uh, John Morant, I don't know. Question mark. Just that's all I'm going to say. Uh, Lakers, how many games Anthony Davis play? I think with him on the floor, they could be a top four team in the West. But if he misses games, I don't know what they're going to do. Again, does AD play and what does LeBron look like in a year 21? Trailblazers, terrible. Mavericks, what is going on with Kyrie Irving? Is he going to be a point guard or is he going to come out with another crazy conspiracy theory? Who knows? Uh, Pelicans, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram. I like both those guys a lot. But can Zion get the off the court saga kind of put the rest, if you will? For those that know about it, it is hilarious. I mean, it's not funny. It's quite tragic, I think. Maybe not tragic. It's kind of sad, but I think it is hilarious what is going on in his personal life on Twitter. I think it's, I mean, it's old news, but it is very funny for those that know. And those that want to go look into it, feel free. I would suggest being over the age of 18, but it is very funny. And then the Kings, I mean, what is it, light the beam? Brother, who knows? Um, so I think you looked on the conference, 
yeah, the Kings could be good again. But I, th- I think it's a very, very realistic chance that, that the Spurs make the playoffs. They're going to be one of the best coach teams in the NBA. Um, we'll talk about this later, but I mean, I don't think either of us picked him, but like Pop could really win coach of the year if they make a legit, they have a legit regular season. Pop could very well win coach of the year. Um, I don't think that's, I don't think it's a crazy take. I think it's definitely a hot take. I don't think it's crazy though. I think it, it's very realistic. A lot of that probably hinges on Victor Romanyama being, uh, kind of living up to the expectation, but I don't think that's a crazy, a crazy thing, a crazy stretch, if you will. So I'm excited to watch him this year. Um, and kind of curious to see how he grows from game one to game 82 and kind of everywhere in between. So looking forward to that for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't hate the hot take either. I think it's solid. Um, like I said, going on, going on the conference is pretty open, but kind of wraps it up for our turning up the heat today. Get into the MLB here. Championship Series update. Rangers forced game seven last night. Pretty dominant nine to two win with an, 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 an Adolis Garcia grand slam in the seventh or eighth inning, I believe. Um, put them up nine to two. They they pretty much controlled the whole game though. It felt like um, they've got Max Scherzer going tonight against Christian Javier for the Astros. Don't love their the Rangers odds tonight, but I guess we'll find out if the offense shows up or not. And then Diamondbacks Phillies are in uh, in Game Six right now in Philadelphia. Current score is three to one. Bottom of the third as we are recording this. Um, Diamondbacks put up a three spot in the second inning. Phillies responded with one. Uh, Merrill Kelly got out of a jam the bottom of the second, though. Uh, and we're now still three to one, bottom of the third. So we will, uh, I guess we'll see how this game progresses as we as we record the episode today. Kind of by the end of it should be probably midway through the fifth inning, sixth inning maybe, about an hour. So kind of see how this progresses as the uh, as the episode goes. But I'll let you kind of give your thoughts on on where we're at with those two series and maybe provide a little more context to what's kind of led up to 3-3 three, three, and 3-2. Three, yeah, well, the ALCS, it's kind of been up and down. I mean, the road teams won every game. Um, the Rangers were looking really good. They threw Scherzer out there, and it kind of went downhill from there, and the Astros got momentum. Um, you know, a big-time home run by Altuve um, in the top of the ninth um, in game four, was that? Um, kind of sparked them, and then... Um, in game five, Adolis Garcia hit a home run and then got hit by um, the Astros pitcher. And then he kind of Garcia got fed up for some reason. And honestly, his reaction there, I think, took him out of the game. It gave the Astros new life, um, you know, between Garcia and Maldonado, who was the Astros catcher. It kind of it didn't really seem like, at least from the reactions, that it was intentional, but it just didn't seem like it wasn't intentional wasn't intentional from the circumstances so i don't know what to make of it um abreu was suspended four games although he's going to serve those serve that suspension next year um so it's not going to impact his availability in this year's postseason um and last night like you said adolis garcia came back with the grand slam um big win in game six in houston game seven in Houston as well should be fun. Um, you already said the pitching matchup, but honestly, I mean, the road teams won every game, but you feel like you have to pick the Astros to win this game tonight, uh, just based up based off of matchups and kind of just experience. I mean, I've said it a lot, but the Astros have far more experience than any other team remaining. So um, probably picking the Astros to win tonight to break that 
road team win every game streak unless the Rangers offense just goes crazy, um, which, you know, probably won't happen considering Javier threw a no-hitter last year in the postseason. So um, I really don't know what's going to happen. It's just based off recency um, that the Astros are going to win. But then again, the road teams won every game, like I said. And then the NLCS um, has been pretty exciting. The Phillies blew one in Arizona. I believe that was game four or five. Um, The Phillies blew it kind of just some sloppy play and pitching just down the stretch. Didn't get it done for him. Um, However, Suarez and Wheeler have been pretty solid. Um, If there is a game seven, then Suarez is going to, you know, get the ball for the Phillies. And then for the Dimebacks, it's probably going to be fought. Um, both of who pitched game three. So both will have four days off. Um, should be enough for them. Um, you know, obviously both affected equally. But overall, pretty back and forth series as well. Um, you look at game one and game two, the Phillies outscored them 15 to five or 15 to three, including a 10 0 shutout in game two. So I don't know if being back in Philly is going to have much of an effect on. The Diamondbacks, obviously, you know, going on to playing pretty poor in both games. Being back there, I mean, the Diamondbacks are winning in Philly right now, so we'll see. Um, but then again, the Phillies aren't throwing their ace. So um, it'd be interesting to see how this game and how the series progresses, if it does end today or if it goes to tomorrow. Um, it's been back and forth. Like I said, the Diamondbacks won two of three in Arizona, along with a game four comeback win, um, both wins were by one run. So um, the Phillies are definitely the better team, more talented, more experienced, surely just because of last season. Um, and they should win the, the series. So we should get a rematch in the finals that kicks off Friday, I believe, um, between the Astros and Phillies, if all goes how it theoretically should tonight and tomorrow or just today. But um should be a really fun rematch if that is the case. Even if it isn't, any f- combination of these four teams in the the World Series would be a lot of fun to watch. Either you get some experience or you get some new blood in the in the series. So um, it'd be a lot of fun. You know, both all these teams have a couple good pitchers. They have great offenses. So um, pretty evenly matched. It's not like these teams win in these crazy different ways. It's all pretty similarly built. Um, you know, the Diamondbacks may be a little bit of an exception, but the other three are definitely really similar. Um, so it should be fun regardless. I will say on the the Abreu hitting or Garcia thing, I think if it's if it's not Abreu, I don't think anything happens because he's the one who hit Garcia earlier in the year. If you remember, I think it was in Houston. Um, I don't know if it was a similar situation where Garcia hit a homer pimp the crap out of it and then he gets hit the next at bat or if it was something i don't know but i mm-hmm. i do think abreu being the guy that hit him is what sparked the reaction from from garcia and i think is what sparked the overall league suspension was this guy they those two because I, I do think when he hit him the last time it was on purpose there wasn't this much of a reaction but um you know i mean we'll see i, I don't know I, <laughs> I think it was if it was on purpose, it was incredibly dumb to hit a guy in that situation. I know they ended up winning the game because Altuve had the three one three one bomb in the ninth to put him ahead five to four. But 
regardless, you're going to hit a guy in that situation. That's why I didn't, it, like, I didn't think situationally it was intentional. But at the same time, when a guy reacts that way, these guys aren't dumb. They're not stupid. I get that Garcia's keyed up, but at the same time, like, you've got to feel like there's a little something there, given that it was Abreu, and given the way he pimped that homer off Verlander. Again, I think it's dumb. If Abreu hit him on purpose, he's got an ego problem and he needs to chill out because he's in a playoff game and you can't do that. Um, so listen, I I get it. I get Garcia being upset. I understand that like people are talking about he's got to chill out a little bit, and I don't entirely disagree because I think he probably shouldn't have reacted the way he did hitting that homer in like the fifth inning or like the whatever. Like, hey man, you didn't just walk it off. You didn't you didn't do what Altuve just did, or you didn't do you didn't hit in the eighth inning to put him. But you, like, you know what I mean? A little you got to know the situation a little bit better than what he did. Um, that said, I mean he took not, oh was it ninety five or like ninety six off the ribs or like off the like kind of on the inside of the like the body like. I'd be pissed off too, especially if it's a guy who already hit me in the same spot earlier in the. It's the first pitch of the at bat, so if you're gonna hit a guy, you're gonna hit him on the first pitch. So um, that's also part of it. First pitch of the AB, guys got hit before by the same pitcher in the same location, so I kind of understand him being pretty pissed off. Not to mention Maldonado's behind the plate. Him and Maldonado have had a history this year. Um, I think it was the same game when he pimped that homer in Houston. And he gets home, and Maldonado and him start chirping, um, and he gets hit the next day. I think that's, again, part of it, the, the pitcher-catcher pairing. So that's something to keep an eye on tonight, I guess. Um, Garcia's kind of had the knack for the big moment this series. Looking for Corey Seager to have a big night, too. Game seven. A little weird audio cut out, but not an issue. Just keep rolling here. Um I was saying big game from Corey Seager. I'm looking forward to tonight, I guess, in game seven. Guy who's been big for them in the postseason, uh, big in the postseason when he was in the Dodgers. So guys had a knack for the big moment in the postseason in big games. Looking for him to have a big night tonight uh, in game seven. Maybe a solo bomb or just a home run of some, maybe an RBI double. Big night for him. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just wanted to add that context about the Abreu thing. If it's, I think if it's, again, if it's not Abreu, it's probably not a big deal. But since it was, same situation as last time. Probably would have escalated it, but that was kind of all I wanted to add to that kind of that point right yeah i mean it's a tough situation there for the rulings officials whoever makes those decisions um but nonetheless the series progresses to a game seven should be fun uh moving on to golf so last weekend we had the zozo championship at accordia golf and narashino country club in the area of tokyo japan so um a good bit of a trip for most of these guys eight and a half million dollar event Keegan Bradley won it last year, and this year Colin Morikawa won it at 14 under. He won it by six shots, shooting a seven under 63 on Sunday, taking home just over a mil and a half. This weekend, uh, we'll have the Worldwide Technology Championship at El Cardinal at Diamante in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Uh, The event has a purse of 8.2, so a little bit less than last week, and Russell Henley won the event last year. So, um look for some guys that didn't play in tokyo to play in this one as you know most guys won't be making the trip to both um so we're going to see some lesser fields um until the season concludes and we get going again in um next season so i honestly don't think like i said it's going to be really competitive we're not going to see great scores like colin morikawa is one of the best and he won it by six shots so like if a lot of the better guys played it probably would have been a lot more competitive um, not just him, you know, blow everyone out, but 
still um, some quality golf, top-notch golf being played um, around the world these last few weeks. So interesting to see, you know, how these different course layouts are, how the players uh, attack it, and, you know, kind of their different approaches at each course. My guy, Colin Morikawa, getting the dub this week. But a bit of rough. I feel like a rough year for him, a year and a half for him. It's more, I guess, more last last tour was uh, last tour was he's a little rough for him, um, not quite living up to I think his own expectations for himself for sure. And um, I think that happens when I think we've seen. I mean, shoot, we saw it with Spieth too. I mean, guy who you know, guy graduates college and you know basically within a year wins a major. I mean, Colin Morikawa was in college, graduated college in 2019. Um, you know, wins the Pac-12 title and then. Um, you know, basically roughly a year later wins a PGA championship and then under under, you know, 12 months later wins the Open Championship. So I just think that yeah, I think we see a lot of these young guys uh, kind of burst onto the scene, play really, really good golf. And um, I think get these high expectations. And I think we we put a lot again. Spieth's another one that we kind of can point to a guy who lit it up when he first came out, uh, came out of Texas and um, kind of I don't want to say fell off. I think he just is is a professional golfer and he's human. So I think uh good to see Colin get back into the win column. I think it's his first tour win, PJ Tour win since since the Open Championship in 2021. So just over two years uh since his last win. So um yeah, glad to see. It. I'll I'll give some context as to why I like Colin Warkawa. He's the he's the his his title sponsor or like his his big sponsor, his I guess his hat sponsor for more casual fans is KPMG, which is the company that I, I interned with and I'm going to work for when I graduate. So you represent the firm. So that's my guy. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to give a little context as to why he's like probably my favorite golfer. It's my guy. Um, West coast kid as well. So there's still some love there. Um, but yeah, no, good to see him get back in the wind column and um, going to be pulling for him, pulling for him all year. Hopefully he can, he can show out, get another, get another major win. Maybe this year, maybe this, maybe this gets him back on the right track. Like I said, it's been a rough, you know, obviously he's still one of the best golfers in the world, but been a rough, you know, last year or so, year 18 months for him. So um, hopefully this gets him back on the right track and um, gets him rolling for the for the kind of when the tour season really kicks off here pretty soon. Yeah, no, I mean, with him playing against a little bit lower level competition, it gives him the chance to kind of reboot a little bit. Um, you know, always playing in pretty big events. One of the guys that plays the most tournaments each year. So for him to, you know, stay as consistent as he has and finally against a lesser field, pull out a win is is big for him. Um, but that'll pretty much do it for golf. Not too much going on. Like I said, just a couple international events. Um, moving on to NH- NFL. Um, like I said earlier, we don't cover games on here anymore. That is strictly on our Thursday turf talk where that is all we cover um, college football and NFL games. But this week um, did have a big trade. And a slew of injuries again. Um, I'll let you get to the trade, and then I'll cover the injuries. But big time trade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, big time trade. Um, the rich got a whole lot richer today. Uh, the Eagles traded for te- uh, Tennessee Titans All Pro safety Kevin Byard in exchange for a 2024 fifth and sixth rounder, along with safety Terrell Edmonds. So, I think this. I think there was a PFF name's Brad Spielberger. He, or, yeah, Brad Spielberger. He's PFF's like cap guru. This guy is money. He's really good. Um, he nails a lot of the the you know kind of the the projections going into the offseason and free agency. Um, he nailed this one. He he said that it was going to be he had a, he had Byard going to the Eagles for a 2024 third rounder. So 
when you take into account they're getting a fifth, a sixth, and then a player, that's roughly a third-ish, maybe a fourth, roughly a third probably, though. Um, Edmonds is a starter. He's not not Kevin Byard, but he's a starter. He's a probably a league average starter. So um, they get to say a player in return, which you don't really see that often. I'm a little surprised they sent Edmonds over there. Uh, but clearly they value the draft capital a little bit more. So moving the fifth and the sixth over there with Edmonds is pretty solid. So um, I, I, get the, I get it from Tennessee's point of view. They're probably not going to win a lot more games this year. They've been banged up. They're selling. I, Byard is – he's got, I think, two more years on his deal, but they're both – I think they're void years. I think he's got three more with two void years, I think is what it is. I could be wrong. I've not been on Twitter slash X the last – 24 hours so I, I don't really know what the, the details are the, the, the cap details are i haven't looked but um this is big for them they needed a safety a high-end safety like this putting him into the secondary with with slay and bradbury's big latte maddox has been solid in the slot for them this year so this is a big like i said the rich got a lot richer today and um i think this really vaults them into into rare air in the in the nfc especially given the fact they had a great win last night against the miami dolphins 31 to 17 um Really impressive from that defense, and then they go get Kevin Byard. So uh, I'm Howie Howie Roseman cooked with this one, and um, I don't know if anyone else is gonna make a move this good at the deadline. I don't think we'll see a Christian McCaffrey get dealt at the deadline this year, if that makes sense. No, this was definitely a big time move. Uh, over the past week, the Eagles have really been honing in on safety, being their primary target at the deadline. I don't know if they make any other moves past this. Granted that they don't draft picks this year um so i don't know what to expect but i will say um kevin byard the eagles are only having to pay 2.4 of his remaining salary this year which the titans paid a part of um the tight or the eagles can get out of this get out of his contract after this year with zero dead cap um which is huge for them it was just updated um they're paying about a $1.4 million increase between uh, getting rid of Edmonds and adding Byard. So really not much of an effect on their in-season cap for this year. Um, like I said, just, just over a mil in an increase um, payout. And then next year, his cap hits just over 14. Uh, but like I said, they can cut him this offseason for zero dead cap, uh, which is huge. The void years are gone. Uh, as I'm looking at the updated um kind of contract layout but giving up a fifth and a sixth and their safety um is about what i would have expected looking back on it given all of the money situation um you know not having dead cap they're probably cutting them after this year um this is likely a rental and unless they re-sign him to a completely new deal he's not going to be back with philly next year um so giving up a fifth and a sixth and their safety isn't isn't bad at all. I mean, I think it was a great job by Howie Roseman, um, who normally makes pretty savvy moves, um, you know, off-season trade deadline. They're normally pretty active, um, getting guys for good prices. So about what I expected is the Eagles getting a safety. Didn't know who it would be. Um, Byard was at the top of their list. So um, once that, you know, was a go, then they pulled the trigger on that. Now going through a list of injuries, um, I just got a spreadsheet of all the Latest injuries, um, so I'll go down it as quick as I can, about a dozen guys. Um, so, yeah, Jalen Hurts, um, last night, knee injury, um, kind of a left knee sprain. He probably misses a week. Deshaun Watson, shoulder, uh, re-aggravation of his rotator cuff due to returning too soon. 
Uh, 50-50 shot he plays next week. Baker with a knee injury. Um, not too many details to that. 50-50 shot he plays. Austin Eckler, uh, ankle injury. High ankle, apparently. Um, they said he might miss next week, but need more tests. Um, Saquon with an elbow, a left elbow injury. Uh, probably a contusion. Probably doesn't play next week. Bijan with a headache, um, classified as an illness. Um, he should play he's next week, although... Yeah, and that's what they have it listed as. I don't know I'm going to list that as as illness slash, slash Arthur Smith is a war criminal. That's what I'm going to list that as. Headache yeah, is I mean, hilarious. That was that was interesting scenario for them, but nonetheless, um, they lost. So, or did they? They had the game winning field goal. Yeah, they won. Yeah. Oh yeah, they won that game. Um, so it didn't matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could be linked to some kind of blow to the head or neck area, but we don't know. Um, Jerome Ford ankle injury, right high ankle sprain, low grade, misses one to two weeks. Dante Foreman, massive day yesterday, but a back injury. Um, he landed hard on his low back. He might miss a week. Jalen Waddle, um, back injury as well. Just kind of back spasms. Um, he should be fine for week eight. Christian Watson, a knee injury. Um, maybe MCL or meniscus. He might miss a couple games. Um, Chris Godwin, a neck injury. Should be fine. Um, but they do have a short week playing Thursday night, so he might miss that game. Um, Dawson Knox, Buffalo's tight end with a wrist injury. He's going to be out two weeks. Um, could be out, you know, a month. So we'll see on that big blow for them. Um, Luke Musgrave, another tight end with an ankle injury. Um, mild concern on that, uh, left ankle in a walking boot, 50, 50 shot. He plays next week. And then lastly, Gerald Everett with a quad. Um, they don't know if it's a quad bruise or a quad strain. He might play next week. He might miss it. We'll see. But that is all that I got for the week seven roundup of injuries. Um, so, yeah, I'll pretty much cover that. Uh, unless you have any thoughts, we can move on to our first NHL standings update. No, I, you, you ran that off pretty quick. Um, feels like a lighter week for injuries. Nothing as serious this week, which I'm, I'm glad about. So, um, yeah, it's glad glad we kept it kept it light this week. Not a, not a crazy week for injuries. So um, excited about that. But. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it pushing here. We're getting to the NHL standings update. First one of the year. We've got top three teams in each division. Four divisions in the NHL. Eastern Conference, Western Conference, each has. So each have two. So Eastern Conference, you've got the Atlantic Division, Metropolitan Division. Western Conference, you've got Central Division and Pacific Division. So we've got um, NHL. I'll hit Eastern Conference. Breck can grab the Western Conference, kind of split it up like we do in the NBA. Um Eastern Conference in the Atlantic Division, Boston Bruins are five and zero, coming off of the greatest, like like oh I guess statistically points and win record wise, the greatest regular season of all time, just to get swept, beat, not swept, to beat in the first round of the playoffs by an eight seed, so pretty wild there. But they're up five and zero, ten points in first half for first place in the division, followed by the five and one Red Wings, was also at ten points there, and then the and then the Ottawa, I think Ottawa Senators, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Boston Bruins, Detroit Red Wings, Ottawa Senators, 3-2-2, two, two, which is three wins, two losses, and two ties, uh, and six, six points there. Metropolitan Division, the Philadelphia Flyers on top here, 3-1-1 one one with seven points. New York Rangers, 3-2, three, or 3-2 three with six points. And then the, oh gosh, I know this. 
I'm trying to quiz myself today because I'm really trying to become a better a better hockey fan. Right. Yeah. In case y'all don't know, uh, hockey is not our forte. But no, we, but, we we're, are... but we're learning. I, I told right. you my goal is to right. is to know what's going on in hockey by the time the playoffs start. So I'm I'm in the midst of picking a team. We can talk about this after we get to the, get through the hockey segment and get a little bit of context on this. But the Columbus Blue Jackets. There we go. Columbus. Is that in is in Columbus, Ohio? Uh, I believe so. Or is that like somewhere in Canada? See, hockey is not our forte. I could tell you, you we could we could run off some crazy some crazy you know. Yep, Columbus, Ohio. Weird, obscure stats, but hockey is just not our forte. Columbus Blue Jackets. Here we go. Come on. Where are they? Okay, can I just get the Columbus, Ohio? I yeah. See, that's what I thought. I can't believe Columbus has a hockey team. It's so it's so crazy. Um. That's so wild that they're like the least popular sports team in their town because they're in the same city as Ohio State. Like that's why Austin doesn't have a major sports team because n- nobody will ever have more notoriety than the University of Texas. It's the same thing. Like I'm just frank. I'm quite frankly shocked, but I love to see it. They're starting the division in the Metropolitan Division. G- great for them. That runs up the Eastern Conference. I'll let Brett take the Western Conference. See, we'll give we'll give him a little quiz here on these Western Conference teams. I think he knows all of them. I know all these, but we'll see if Brett knows all these. Did you know Columbus Blue Jackets? Did you know that one? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, see, the main thing for me we'll is the go, cities. We'll go six for six here because sometimes they overlap with other sports. But I I followed hockey enough in like middle school um, to have somewhat of an idea. But um, Western Conference, you know, has been off to a hot start for the most part as well. So in the Central Division, we have the Colorado Avalanche. They're 5-0 and right now with 10 points. Dallas Stars are in second, 3-0 and 1 with 7. And then the Arizona Coyotes are 3-2 and 0 with 6 points. And then we have Pacific Division. Um, out West, we have the Vegas Golden Knights. They're 6-0, and best record in the league right now with 12 points. The Canucks... Vancouver Canucks um, in the Pacific Northwest are 3-2-0. and And then the Sacramento Kings, Sacramento Kings, Los Angeles Kings are 2-2-1, and five points. I was thinking out west and then made me think of Sacramento. Yeah. That is basketball. Um, not many teams wanting to be the Kings, although they didn't do too bad in the playoffs, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the way that NHL playoffs work, um, top three teams from each division clinch. And then in each conference, the next best two teams clinch. So eight total teams from each conference will clinch. So we'll just give you all the top three each week in each division. Kind of like I kind of like that format, actually. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, low key, and we'll talk about this because we've talked about the I think the MLB playoff format needs reform. Maybe we should start making talk about this for the other conferences or other major sports leagues. I will say, looking at the what's this two four six, God dang it, two four two four six eight. Looking at the thirty two teams here, I think Columbus was the only team I would have I would have slept up on. Like I know most of these. I I'm not like a casual, kind of a casual, but I know all the teams. I right. can name all the teams for you if I saw. Them. Like I knew, I knew the Canadians were Montreal. I knew the, I knew the, the Senators were Ottawa. It came off the top of the dome. Like I knew, I know the Flames were Calgary. So like I would have known all these challenge, more challenging ones. I just, the one happened to be 
Columbus, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, no, I I'm looking to get into hockey, man. I I'm, I'm I think I'm gonna be a Capitals fan. I'll, I'll I'll follow the Capitals. I'll follow the Canucks. Those that those that have heard the story, I think I've told the story on the pod before. My dad had a client in Vancouver. Um, when I was nine, I think this is 2011 when they were really good. They were, they went to the cup that year and they lost to the Bruins, but they went to the cup that year. And, um, he, he went to a couple Canucks games, and, like brought me a shirt or whatever. So it's like, oh, I'm a Canucks fan now. And, you know, um, so that said, maybe I'll be, I, I gotta find like, I'm, I'm more trying to work for players. Like I said, because right. my teams have a, a habit of breaking my heart in terrible ways. So, um, probably go with the caps. Canucks, maybe we'll find a third or maybe a fourth team that I'll kind of follow a little bit. But, um, but yeah, literally, I'm I'm trying to start watching hockey, like legit watching hockey. So we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know if I have a team. I might. We'll see. Um, but that'll do it for NHL as we keep moving along here. NBA. Um, just had some big news that Giannis Antetokounmpo has agreed to a three-year, 186 million dollar extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, obviously a massive deal. Um, I believe it's, he re-ups to be the highest paid annual average value player in the NBA. Um, but that deal doesn't kick in until next year. I believe he does have a player option for 2027, 2028. So he has four more years under contract and then a player option to make it five. Um, so that'd be interesting. Obviously, one of the best players in the league, two-time MVP. He won it in 2019 and 2020, I believe. Um, so, yeah, big-time deal. Um, kind of sneak that in before we get into our season predictions. But, yeah, I mean, Bucks bringing in Lillard, extending Giannis. They should be a force in the East. Man, $62 million a year is just absurd. But good for Giannis, though. He deserves it. Well, I don't know if anyone deserves that kind of money, but... If anyone does, right. in, a, in the context of it, he the deserves scale. it. He's been, yeah, on the scale in which we're talking about, because I don't know if anyone deserves that kind of money a year. But that said, of all the guys in the NBA, I think he he's very deserving. He's been uh, incredible for that city, incredible team. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm all about it for him. This is great, um, great for the team. Talk a little bit about the Bucks in a minute here, but um, getting to our season predictions here, we'll we'll go down the list. We've got MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player, and then we've got our Finals matchup. I'll kick it off with the MVP. I'm gonna go with Luka Doncic to win it this year. Uh, I think he's been close the last couple of years. They've fallen short. I think a big part of this is how the team performs. It's a pretty wide open West. I think if we can see a full season of Kyrie and Luka together and they can improve on the defensive end, I think Luke could have a big year. We also need to see Kyrie sort of embrace the point guard point guard role first, which is something he really hasn't had to do a lot in his career. Um, I know he was a second option in Cleveland when LeBron was there, but I, I'd like to see him really embrace that. He didn't do a great job of it in Brooklyn. I uh, didn't, didn't really do a great job of it in Boston. Kind of Tatum came onto the scene, so... Looking for him to do that this year, but I think Luka could have a really big season. I think we're going to get voter fatigue with with Jokic and Embiid and Giannis, for that matter. I think we've kind of had those three who have been the top the finalists the last three years. So I think voter fatigue might start kicking in. Um, that's why like that's why Charles Barkley won an MVP, because people just don't want to vote for Jordan or Hakeem anymore. So no shade on Chuck. I love Charles Barkley. I think the guy's hilarious. But um, 
I think you ask a lot of people, and that was kind of a thing that happened. It happened with LeBron in the two thousand in the mid two thousands. I mean, early two thousand tens. I mean, when Derrick Rose won an MVP, I'm sure LeBron could have won it that year. I think voters just were tired of voting for LeBron. So, um, I think this year we can see that kind of uh, not a, a torch get passed, but just a new guy win the MVP. I'd like to see it. I think Luca's certainly capable, and I think he's gonna have a big year this year for uh, for the Mavs. So I'll go with I'll go with Luka Doncic to win. Uh, 2023-2024 NBA MVP. Yeah, I thought about Luka, um, but I'm going with Jokic just because of the uniqueness factor of his game. I mean, especially when we saw him in the playoffs last year, it's just, you know, one's really doing what's he, what he's doing. Um, you know, such a guy that seems like he has negative athleticism balling out um, on what's a really deep roster with, you know, him and Jamal Murray, obviously, but they that's really deep roster. I mean, Christian Brown, KCP, um, Kevin Porter Jr. It's just they have a ton of guys that play their role really well, and that's why I think they're going to go far this year again as well. Uh, Moving on to Coach of the Year, I'm going with Mark Dagnall, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Um, It's the Thunder head coach. He's been there for a few years, and they just keep improving. Um, They should be right in that cluster of the teams in the West fighting for those three through seven seeds, three through eight seeds. Um, you know, I could see him be a three seed and I could, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. They keep improving every year. Another team with a good young core um, with also SGA, who has kind of led the way um, and progressed really nicely throughout his career and his time there in OKC. So I'm um, going with him. Wouldn't be shocked if he won it, but nonetheless, a lot of candidates are going to be deserving. I definitely think that's a solid one. The Thunder kind of a team that uh, a lot of folks are looking for to take a big jump this year. They're young, looking for SGA to potentially be an MVP candidate. And I, I, I paused on him a little bit. I think it's just, again, I, I don't know if he's going to have the, the notoriety with among voters this year as opposed to the other candidates. That said, it wouldn't shock me at all if SGA had a monster year one one MVP. That said, I'm going to go with Adrian Griffin, uh, new head coach of the Bucks. I think given the fact that he's a first-year head coach, it kind of opens the window for him to win it, given the fact that they could have the best record in the NBA, and I don't think anyone would be shocked. But again, he's a first-year coach, so I think he kind of gets a little bit of a bump here with just inheriting a really a really talented roster. They go and get Damian Lillard. I think, what do you think is an improvement for that team? Um, I think if Chris Middleton can stay healthy, I think, it's, I think it's a big deal, and I'll get to, in two segments, I'll get to another one that I think is really going to help them out in another aspect, but I think, uh, again, if they're, if they're just really good or they're one of the three best teams in the NBA and the other three best are the Nuggets and the Celtics, I think Adrian Griffin's got a real shot to win it this year. So again, you have is a first year head coach kind of gets a little bit of a bump here. So, um, again, first year guy takes a team to a top three record in the NBA. I think he could win it. So kind of my logic there, um, coach of the year is always kind of a crapshoot, especially in the NBA, every sport it kind of is, but um, certainly in the NBA rookie of the year. Um, I'll let you take this one first. I won't, I won't steal your thunder here. Yeah, I'm going with, uh, Victor Wembanyama. It's just, obviously he's a favorite. Um, you know, one of the best prospects we've seen in a long time. I don't think, um, you know, he's going to have to not develop really throughout the year or miss time for it to not be him. Um, you know, if he plays anything like he looked in the preseason and as efficient as he is both defensively and offensively, um, you know, it's just the way he plays the game at his height. It's just 
you don't always see it that often. Um, obviously, Chet is another contender who's technically considered a rookie, which is lame, but um, I don't think he's going to win it. I mean, Wemby outplayed him when they played each other um, just last week. So should be exciting to see Wemignano's development throughout the season um, when they're going to have to rely on him pretty heavily. And it's going to be interesting to see next year um, when they hopefully bring a couple of pieces in how his role changes and how kind of you take some of the load off him and he could even be improving even more. So we'll see how that goes. I don't think, um, obviously I think other guys are going to get votes, but in terms of winning it, I don't think anyone else is going to win it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think as long as we don't see like Scoot Henderson or one of the Thompson twins come in and absolutely just light it up and average like 28 a game, and lead their team to a playoff berth. I just don't think it's not going to be Wemby, if that makes sense. He's the most hyped-up prospect since LeBron. Um, and for good reason. He's an incredibly talented individual. He's, he's the definition of rare and unique. So I think he's certainly got a real chance. Um, so I think, I think it's going to be him. I, I genuinely just I don't know how it isn't, barring an injury or barring someone else just going ballistic in a, as in a rookie year, which could obviously happen, but... I'm gonna go with Wemby. This is the only award we, we picked the same on. Um, I try to we try to pick different guys for each each award, kind of just keep it different a little bit. But I think I had to pick Wemby. I just think it's it's gonna happen. Um, again, it's it's not necessarily about everyone else is bad. It's just as as good as Wemby is, and as not the notoriety he carries, I think is gonna be a big part of that. So I'm going with Wemby, defense player of the year. I'm going with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think if we remember back to when Kevin Durant got to the Warriors, he became an elite defender. And I don't think that's because Kevin Durant was a bad defender in Oklahoma City. I think I simply think it's because he every night in and night out was the number one option for them and had to carry the scoring load. He got to he got to Golden State and really didn't have to do that anymore. He wasn't. I mean, obviously he was the leading scorer on the team, but it wasn't every single night he had to carry the offense and kind of be the guy every single night. Um, obviously that team was loaded and beyond talented and had. You know, prime Steph Curry, prime Kevin Durant, prime Clay Thompson, prime Draymond Green. So it obviously helps. But I think we saw him become an elite defender because he was able to exert more energy and give a lot more effort on the defensive end because he had the energy to spare kind of type of vibe. Um, so I think that kind of happens with Giannis this year with with Davis. Again, as long, as long as Chris Middleton's healthy, I think this is I think it's kind of a part of it because I think if Chris gets hurt. Um, Dame's not really a young guy anymore. So I think it might take a little more from Giannis each night. But again, given the fact that Dane can be the primary ball handler on every single kind of time up the court, instead of you, know, maybe it's Drew Holiday, maybe it's Giannis, maybe it's someone else. You've got a solidified point guard every single time up the court. But then I don't, I don't think that, that means that Giannis no longer, you know, runs the offense at times. I think it just takes some, takes some off of his plate and he can now exert more effort on the, on the defensive end. And he's already won what one or two defensive players of the year on this team. And I think again, getting some help offensively, he could win another one this year. So um, I thought about Anthony Davis here, a guy who certainly is notable for his, for his defense and was a monster in the playoffs. And um, the issue is I just don't think he's going to play enough games. He's going to miss 30 games at some point in the year. He'll either it's two stretches of 15 or a 10 and a 20, or it's all 30 at once. He's going to miss games. And I'll get to that kind of with my next pick too, being part of that. But I just think he's going to miss games. And he's just not going to be eligible to win this award. But he's a guy that if he plays all 82 or plays, you know, 70 of 82, he's a guy who could certainly win this award. 
given the help that they're going to have on the offensive end for the Lakers this year. But I'm going to go with Giannis um, with my realistic pick here. And, and um, again, there's a guy that I think he's already won one or two. Why can't he win a third one? I think he's um, certainly good for it this year. And again, have some tech, have some stuff taken off his plate on the offensive end. No, I agree as well. I think it's a good pick. Um, I don't, I don't honestly don't know who is the favorite. Um, oh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is the favorite. That's right. Um, as he won it last year, um, he's the favorite to win it second year in a row. My pick was Evan Mobley. I know he's, uh, we found out that he was one of the favorites as well. Um, he's young. He's 22. Uh, he's taken third overall in the 2021 draft. So going into his third season has drastically improved from year one to year two. Um, was an elite defender for the Cavs last year. And I expect that to continue. Um, kind of 6'11", do-it-all guy for them on mainly de- the defensive end, but also has an impact offensively. Um, so I'm looking for another improvement um, from him this season, a step forward, um, and you know, for him to take home the award, according to my predictions. So um, big season from him coming up, I think. I don't know what to expect of the Cavs as a whole, but kind of a team that's in a little bit of a transition phase. Uh, Donovan Mitchell should have a big year, so we'll see. Most improved player is our next prediction on the board, and I'm going with the Philadelphia 76ers um, guard, Tyrese Maxey. Um, he's young as well. Another guy that was drafted in the 2021 NBA draft, um, so I believe he's 22. He had a pretty good season last year. Um, excuse me, he was drafted in 2020. Um, he had a good season last year. Averaged over 20 points a game, um, kind of a really good second option, uh, you know, even third option with Jokic being there, or excuse me, Jokic, Embiid being there. Um, so I'm expecting a lot from him, another guy who should take a step forward. And, um, you know, if he if he gets 23-plus points a game, I think he should be a, definitely a front runner for this award, um, if not a big-time contender. Uh, Maxi, I think, I think he's the odds-on favorite, is he not? I think he is. I, I don't remember. He probably I, is. I can. I, I'm, I'm assuming. Oh, is. it's him or Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges is another one that had had big odds, um, which makes sense. Um, I'm going with Austin Reeves though. Again, I just mentioned. I think Anthony Davis is going to miss minimum 30 games this year. Um, Austin Reeves is very clearly the number the number three in that in that in that offense. Even with AD on the floor, I think without AD, he becomes the pretty clear number two. Even with even with the fact they have Rui Hachimura and and D'Angelo Russell. I think on a nightly basis, Austin Reeves is the is the third option, and without Anthony Davis, he's the second option. Um, he was also big in in the FIBA World Cup, and he showed what he looked like an even better player than the one he was in the playoffs, and he was awesome in the playoffs with the Lakers. So, um, I think you're looking at a guy who going to have really good defensive metrics, probably um, had great defensive metrics. Kind of when they acquired Jared Vanderbilt and really locked down the defense in the second half of the year for them. Um, I think a guy who, again, should carry a scoring load on an every few nights basis. Again, LeBron's going into year 21. He's 39, pushing 40. He's going to have nights where he's not going to get a lot of minutes, or he's going to have a, a he's going to have a, a quote load management night, which I'm not a huge fan of. But the guy's also in year 21, so I guess I can kind of let it slide, uh, as opposed to like Kawhi Leonard who wants to load manage when he's in year like 11 or something, which I think is a little ridiculous, but. I digress. Um, so again, Austin Reeves is a guy who 
I think you just step up big. He again, he's also on the Lakers. That's gonna help. They're gonna he's gonna get a bump because he's on the Lakers. That's just kind of how it is. It's like any player who you know plays in the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Braves. They're gonna get a bump because they're in a huge market and they're on one of the most notable teams in the sport. The Red Sox is another great example. Think about the, I mean, the Cowboys is maybe the best example in the NFL. I think the Lakers are maybe they're probably the best example in the NBA. They are the most notable team and the greatest franchise in sports history. He's going to get a bump because he's on the Lakers, right? He also plays with LeBron, which is going to help him too. So um, he's going to get the most views. He's going to get the most clicks. He's going to get the most kind of media notoriety of a lot of these guys. Um, you can all, I mean, no one had Laurie marketing winning it last year, this time last year. So there could always be a guy that kind of blows up and is a, is a, is a, has a monster year and is an all-star starter like Laurie was. Um, but I think preseason, I think these are two reasonable picks. And I just think Max is the odds on or the second odds on favorite to win. And then, um, Reeves I think is a guy, I don't think he's, I think some books have him a little higher than others, but in odds, but I think this is, I don't think that's a crazy like Homer pick for me. I think, I just think looking at the Lakers and looking at, again, the fact that AD just can't stay healthy. I think this is pretty reasonable, um, for Reeves to kind of get, get, get this award here. Um, I'll let you give your thoughts and we'll get to finals matchups. Yeah, I think Reeves is definitely a contender. Um, a guy that, like you said, has improved pretty consistently throughout his time in L.A. Um, since he was drafted by them. I think he takes another. He should st- take another step forward this year. Um, another one of those young guys that should constantly be improving. And if he's not, then you know you have other concerns. But contract extension, um, they should be looking for him to have an increased role um, in the offense. So. Another guy, enticing young player, like I said, um, to look out for this season. Finals matchup predictions. Um, I'll go with mine first. Go with the Celtics out of the East, um, facing the Nuggets out of the West. I think Nuggets are clear favorite. In terms of the East, there's a few teams that could get to the finals. Um, I'm picking the Celtics to win. I think they got they're better off from the Drew Holiday trade than the Bucks are, um, or Drew Holiday. Damian Lillard trade than the Bucks are because they got Drew Holiday. Um, should really help that roster. Um, should just be great defensively. Um, obviously, you still have Tatum. Um, Horford had a pretty big role. Drew Holiday is kind of that Marcus Smart replacement as he went to Memphis. Um, they still have Jalen Brown. They brought in Porzingis. Porzingis, who, yeah who should have a pretty big role, uh, but having Horford there, Horford there should really help him. Um, you know, so they have all the pieces. They don't have as much depth as a team like the Nuggets. Um, I don't think anybody does, but nonetheless, they still have plenty of star power to get it done. Um, it's just going to be, you know, can they stay healthy? Can those guys basically last throughout the season, given that they're going to have pretty high minutes? Um, so, yeah, I'm going with the Celtics to win it all over the Nuggets in – Say six games. I think you're giving a six game prediction yeah. before the season tips off tomorrow. I love it's it. Man. I love the I love the accuracy in which you're trying to predict. Um, I think that's realistic. I've got the Nuggets going to the finals as well. I have them facing the Bucks. Um, I I think that despite I don't know if you're wrong about the whole Drew Holiday thing. I just think that the Bucks are a little better off. Again, more less about Lillard and more about what's taken off of Giannis's plate. I think that's a really big deal. Um, I think we saw what that can. I think again, I keep going back to the KD thing because I don't think we've seen a player of this caliber either join a team or have a guy join his team with such a complete roster where it takes a lot off of his plate. 
I think when you look like even when Kyrie got to Dallas, like it really didn't do a lot for Luca because they were so they just weren't very good elsewhere. Um, so I think that this is big for big for Giannis, and I think that's that's a big thing for me. Um, I also just wonder if Jalen Brown disappears again in the playoffs. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Celtics aren't getting any younger either. I'm I'm not that the Bucks are any younger themselves, but I just I have a lot of faith in. And Giannis and Chris Middleton. Again, if Chris Middleton's healthy, that's a big one. Obviously, that's I mean, it's a caveat in the NBA always. If if your best players are healthy, um, given how much one player can impact the game. Um, but we go with the Nuggets to repeat and uh, coming out of the West. I, I, one, the Nuggets have a much clearer path to the finals. I think we talked. I mean, we talked about it before that we started the pod today. That there's going to be probably two or three really good teams in the East that don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals because the East is so good this year. I mean, even outside of it's a pretty clear top four of of Bucks, Celtics, uh, Heat, and 76ers. I mean, the Cavs are really good. They're they're talented, man. Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, like they're a really good team. Um, I think those are five really really solid teams that could have better records than all than the two seed in the West. Um, theoretically, they could. And I think that, given that, I think whoever comes out of the what the East will just be they'll be more tired. They'll have been in six and seven game series maybe from round one. Whereas I think the Nuggets are going to be, again, in a similar situation where they might just roll through the playoffs, man. They could just roll through the West again. Um, they're the deepest team in the NBA. They've got the best player in the NBA, the most, maybe the second most, but the most unique player in the NBA, arguably. Um, I'll say I'll still say it's Jokic, just given the fact that we haven't seen Wemby play an NBA season yet. So just the guys, I mean, Jokic is ageless. He, truly, the way he plays his game, he's ageless. Um and the way he wish he wins is just ridiculous. So I just think they are, they're, they're that good. And um, they really didn't lose a lot this offseason. They lost a couple, a couple, you know, uh, rotational guys. I think they lost a couple guards. I'm going to blank on their names. But um, I still think they're the best team in the NBA. And I don't think it was particularly close. Again, they're also going to be less, less fatigued, less tired coming out of the playoff or coming out of the West. So I'm um, going to take them to win. If I got to give you a prediction, I guess they'll go six just because it feels like, the finals usually go six. We see finals wins in five, but again, it wouldn't shock me if the Nuggets swept anybody. So, gonna go with the Nuggets to repeat um, and just maybe start kind of a modern dynasty here for the Nuggets. Um, certainly, a franchise that is that has earned it. Uh, Denver's been through a lot. Uh, that franchise has been through a lot in their history. So, a lot of heartbreaking losses in the playoffs. I think you even look at like that when Melo was there. 2009, 2008, 2010, um, at the hands of the Lakers and the Suns in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, looking for, looking for them to go back to the finals and repeat uh, as champions this year. Yeah. I like that pick as well, obviously, um, probably the favorites to win it all. If yeah. I had to guess just because coming off a win, didn't lose anybody and it's a really deep roster. So Really looking forward to the season. Um, a lot of intriguing rosters and intriguing matchups as we go through the 82-game season. Kicks off Tuesday night. Um, Spurs open Wednesday night, so that'll be fun to watch. But to close it out here with the ice bath, um, pretty similar takes. Um, you know, I agree with yours, and you agree with mine. So my take is that um, there's going to be an all-time stretch for Texas Tech sports fans from February 10th to 20th. Um, six games that are attendable for us. Um, I will be at all six. I will be there no matter what. Um, insert, insert the Mbappe meme. I will be there no matter what. Yeah, but I mean, it's kicking it off 
Saturday, February 10th, a home basketball game against Central Florida at 3 p.m. Uh, it's a weekend, 3 p.m. I'll be there. Monday, um, February 12th, home against Kansas at 8 p.m., Super Tuesday. Um, I'm assuming ESPN. I'll be there. Uh, Friday, uh, fast forward to the end of the week, February 16th in Arlington. Um, Texas Tech baseball will be taking on Tennessee, both teams opening their season with that game at 7 p.m. Um, at Globe Life Field, where, which might host a few games of the World Series. We'll see after tonight. But I will be there um, Saturday. Oh, we oh, we will be there. We will. We, we will. will be there. We will be there. Yeah, making the trip Friday. Um, going to the game Friday, and then Saturday, the 17th, they have another game um, against Nebraska at 3 p.m. at Globe Life Field as well. Um, we will be there. Uh, but beforehand. Texas Tech plays a road basketball game against Iowa State, and we will be watching that um, somewhere notable at 11 a.m. And then likely with beverages, likely with adult beverages accompanying the game. Possibly, possibly. It might be needed um, for a basketball game, too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Texas we'll Tech that goes, might require but... it. I won't lie to you. Yeah. And then to wrap up the tournament, um, which does uh, um, six teams are a part of the tournament. Uh, three Big 12 teams, and then Tennessee, Nebraska, and Oregon. So four conferences represented. Tech gets to play all four conferences throughout the course of their season. Um, wrapping it up Sunday, the 18th, with a game against Oregon at 2.30. Once that concludes, we'll head on back to Lubbock and get ready for the week. Um, and then to cap off this elite stretch, um, a Tuesday night game at home against TCU. Uh, this is basketball at 8 p.m. So, um yeah, six games that are going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, we'll see how basketball does. They're not projected to be great. I think they're a, uh, ranked 43 in the preseason poll. So should be a tournament team, but we'll see. Um, a lot of new guys coming in, um, having to gel together. But, I, I mean, I like what I've seen so far um, and heard. Obviously, not a whole lot of substance just because they haven't really played any elite competition. They do play A&M in Fort Worth. Uh, in a few days, so we'll see how that game goes. Um, kind of a scrimmage. They're gonna dog them. They're gonna dog. Organized game. On. We'll see. But uh, but no still idea. looking forward to it, especially uh, with how football is going. Can't wait for basketball to kick off in uh, two weeks. So should be fun. Uh, baseball, obviously, um, that's my favorite. So looking forward to that. Uh, but still have, you know, three and a half months. So. A little bit of wait for that, but should be fun. Um, that week or those ten days is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm pumped. That's my motor part. Okay, I've got a three part ice bath today. It's it's a it's a little better. The the last the parts two and three are linked, I suppose. The first one is just like retweet. I'm pumped, dude. Yeah, it's going to be an epic ten day. I'm going to be at all those games. I will be honest. I missed a few basketball games last year, last semester or last fall. I will. Give myself a break, though. I was a little busy. I had a pretty, I had a pretty hectic semester last semester, given I was like graduating in May. I'm still here, but like graduating-ish kind of, whatever. Um, yeah, I was just busy. Um, so I missed a couple games, and then, uh, but I'm, listen, I'm gonna be in nine hours again next semester. I might have like no tests, like at all. I say that I'm gonna jinx myself, but I might have like no tests during that semester, just given the way that like graduate classes are sometimes um so i'll be i i will be there no matter what insert the mbappe meme we we will be there no matter what 
In fact, like the week before, we're going to clip like these dates on the we're going to post it on like the podcast social medias. And it's just going to be like we it will crop like it'll be like be a super crappy edit because it's funnier that way. But it'll be like we will be there no matter what. And instead of Mbappe, we'll just like Photoshop like the cult seat logo yeah. on Mbappe's face. Uh-huh. That'll be really funny. We're going to tweet that um, tweet. I, I'm known to uh, to throw together a very bootleg half assed meme and just like fire it off. I that's All my right. favorite thing to do. It's great. Uh, Brett knows. Um, so I'll be I'll be putting that together at some point. Um, but no, I'm pumped about that. Uh, my my other I guess uh, ice bath really cooled it off here at the ice bath. Uh, excited for the weather to get literally cold, uh, like physically get cold. Um, next week, as of right now, next week a lot can change in Lubbock with the weather. But next week, as of right now, Monday and Tuesday are I haven't looked past Monday. That's what the iPhone gives me is till next Tuesday. Could be further than that, but you know, out till next Monday and Tuesday, the highs are like in the mid 50s. And I'm so excited for that, dude. I can't wait for it to be like cold. You walk outside and get a little bit of chill. The best. Um, also, this is I guess it's part of it. I wanted to wear it today. It was too warm. But I got this new Lakers starter jacket. Shout out Brett. He gave me a Fanatics gift card as a graduation gift. I've been holding on to that thing for a minute, dude. Been holding on to it for a minute, waiting for something to get. Got the starter jacket. It was on sale too. So even bigger W from Fanatics that was on sale. And I had a gift card, so Massive dub. This thing is sweet. Um, I wanted to wear it today. Couldn't. It's too hot. But I will get to wear it next week. Super sick, though. I'm I, A little vintage look. I'm big on the vintage. Color. Right. So this is sweet. But it's also not used, which is great. Vintage used. Cool. Vintage new. Even better. Not, it's not technically vintage. It looks vintage, though. Yeah. This is sweet. I'm pumped about it. Pumped for the weather, the weather to get cold for me to wear this in cold weather. I'm wearing it right now because I'm just recording the pod and I'm just hanging out. Uh-huh. And I was I wouldn't say it was cold, but I wasn't warm after I showered today. So threw it on for the pod. Wanted to show Brett. Wanted to kind of rep it since we're talking NBA today for the first time, really. So pumped about it. Really excited for the weather to get cold. Though. I love the winter. Um, maybe this is a hot take. Maybe we should start with this next time. But the like the winter is so like cold weather is so much better than hot weather. And maybe this yeah. maybe I'll change my tune when I move to the East Coast and it's like 20 degrees for three months. Maybe I'll change my tune. But as someone who grew up in Texas and it just, you know, casually 102 degrees on a on a May afternoon, I'm not rocking with that at all. Right. You know, I hate the hot weather, so I'm I'm with the cold. I'm rocking with it. Um, maybe my again, I might change my tune. Check with me in like, you know, 18 months. But hey, we'll see. I'm rocking with the cold weather though, for real. And I mean, shoot, it snows in Lubbock. It gets pretty cold in Lubbock, so I feel like I'm gonna be at least halfway accustomed. But I'm I'm ready for this weather to be cold, dude. I'm pumped. So that's my that's my long winded ice bath today, but lots to be excited about. I'm trying to find excitement in things because football season is just really taking a dump on me right now. Texas Tech, Chargers, they they just suck. They're not good. Neither team. So I'm hating it. So yeah, man, I'm looking to find joy in things right now before basketball and baseball. Texas Tech baseball starts again. And so I'm gonna say it now. Don't ever show how Tony signs that contract with the Dodgers. I'm about to be pumped. So let me just, let me just enjoy while I'm quiet now about the yeah. Dodgers because it's about to get real loud over here pretty soon. No, I'm I'm really excited um, for everything going on. But talking about the weather, um, I mean I lived in Chicago for nine years. Um, I've been negative thirty, negative forty. Um, a couple times. That's absurd. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's so absurd. That was only a, a few winners, but um, 
but yeah, I love the cold. I I was there for nine years, and cold's still my favorite. I've seen the extremes. I've been in 110 plus here, and then obviously, like I said, the cold there. So, um, I do like cold better. Ideally, probably like 60, 65. It's probably my perfect temp. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited those for April, it to cool dude, off. Those like late March, early April baseball games are perfect, dude. Yeah. Perfect. No, it's it's always nice with a little breeze. Um, you know, being able to able to wear a hoodie or something that you don't get to wear nine months out of the year. So looking forward to it. Um, basketball season as well, kicking off. College or professional kicking off Tuesday night. College kicking off um, November seventh or eighth. I know Tech plays the eighth, but I don't know if they play on opening night or not. But regardless, um, another sport getting into the swing of things as the weather cools off. So good times to be a sports fan. Um, NHL is up and running uh, a couple weeks in still some undefeated teams. Appreciate y'all tuning in to episode 58 today. Um, we will have our 10th edition of Thursday turf talk on Thursday where we cover, um, preview the week eight of NFL and week nine of college football. Texas tech doesn't play this week. So we each pick a game that we want along with all the ranked matchups and we'll recap our total records after this week concludes with the Monday night Vikings 49ers game. Um, follow us on social media as well. Cold Seat Podcast on X and Instagram. Been active on X recently, especially today with the new, with the moves that have gone down. Uh, been very active. Um, get the news to y'all. So if you want news and you don't want to, you know, turn on all these notifications for all these insiders, um, you can just check out the Cold Seat. Um, page and they will have it out pretty much instantly i say they um that is us we do not have any producers or social media reps it's, for it's, us but it's, it's brett brett runs the twitter it's yeah. literally brett brett runs the twitter <laughs> you, you pull you back really to the curtain instagram. brett runs the twitter yeah, i got the got instagram, instagram brett runs twitter, the twitter. but uh but yeah uh, stay tuned big moves today kevin byard uh, going to the eagles Giannis re-upping with the bucks um some more moves bound to happen here with the trade deadline. Just eight days away. Um, next Tuesday on Halloween at 3 p.m., the trade deadline will close and or will take place. The window to trade will close until the new league year begins in mid-March. So stay tuned. Um, appreciate y'all tuning in. Like I said, we'll have episode 59 next week, kind of covering the same stuff. World Series update, championship series recap. But yeah, I think that pretty much does it. Um, We'll see you all in a couple days for Thursday Turf Talk. See you guys then.